Chapter 1 As I walk through the pecan orchard, I see the dead one. Blood dripping from its mouth, a crooked walk, darkened skin. It's sick. I take a moment to think about what the world has become now. No more internet, no more traffic, phones, jobs, you name it. Is this better than their original lifestyle? I think everyone has their own opinion, but I was raised on a farm. My grandpa taught me how to plant seeds, make fire, hotwire vehicles. <laughs> Those were the good old days. I remember when all of the radio stations were taken over by the Amber Alerts, but now nothing comes through anymore. After living with grandpa for a while, I got a job in New York. It was a huge promotion, and I wanted to see what the city life was like. After two months of living in New York... Grandpa passed away from natural causes. I was stuck in a rut for a while, hours on hours, just crying my eyes out. That was two years ago from today. I take a look down at my side and see blood exiting the wound. I apply pressure to it, and I see the dead one walk towards my direction. I have enough strength to take my gun out of its holster that's hooked onto my belt. I raise my gun slowly, aiming through the sights to locate its head. It inches closer and closer until I pull the trigger. My life flashes in front of my eyes. I was thinking about when it all started. I take out my diary and flip to the first page. Day one. The sound of coffee entering the styrofoam cup is so soothing to my ears. My dress shoes make the clicking noise as I walk towards my cubicle that is in the corner of the room. I greet a few of my co-workers who are actually very friendly. What a surprise. I take a seat and press the power button on the old PC. It takes longer to boot up, but I'm a pretty patient guy. Did you hear about what's going on? Look at this. Jeffrey showed my boss on his phone something important. But I really didn't care. I begin typing on the keyboard and enter the password to the old PC. Admin 1. So original. I can see the streets of New York from my desk. It's undeniably beautiful in my opinion. The tall skyscrapers, the people, and all of the pizza that's around is perfect. I began to think of my grandpa who owned the farm I grew up on. What a great father figure. I guess I'm just a motivated kind of guy. Well, that's what people say. But everyone has their inner demons, right? After work, I shut down my computer and clock out. I'm finally done for the day. Now I have the weekend off in the apartment to myself. My roommate is in California for a business job. Like I said, the pizza is perfect in New York. So, I walk myself to the best place in town. The cheesy teas. But something just didn't seem right. The streets were empty in this part of town. I mean, it's not always full of people, but it's dead out here. I brush it off my shoulder and continue walking to the pizza parlor. I enter the pizza joint and the bell rings. I order the original, just a large pepperoni pizza. The lights of the store flicker for a second. That's odd, 
I'm pretty sure Mario keeps that light bill paid. I have no clue what's wrong with me tonight. I'm feeling a bit uneasy. And After I waited five minutes, Mario told me something that made me feel even more paranoid. He said, Be safe, kid. I felt weird. I had no idea what was going on at this point. I just want to get to my apartment, eat, and sleep. I'm almost at my apartment complex, and I see someone on their knees on the other side of the street. It's dark out, so I'm having trouble seeing what this is. From what I can see, it's a person slouched over and... Eating? I don't know if people are weird in New York. Whatever. I walk up the three flights of stairs to get to my door. Of course, the elevator is broken, so you have to take the stairs. Finally, the door to my apartment. Home sweet home. I open the door and place the pizza on the kitchen table. I slide off my dress shoes and lay back on the couch. Uh, I grab the TV remote and start scanning through channels. Most of the channels on don't have any signal. That's, that's weird. All except for station 409. It was a state of emergency. The headline read, Stay inside, lock your doors, and be safe. I was, I was confused. What is going on? All of a sudden, the video clips appeared on the TV screen. I saw people with biohazard suits on and people eating others. They looked, they looked sick. Is this why the streets were empty? But, but why was Mario still at work? All power on the block shuts down. I pressed the power button on the TV remote several times before noticing how dark it was outside. Usually, the neon color of the apartment sign would glow right outside of my window, illuminating the whole living area. But it was completely off, causing everything in the apartment to go pitch black. I take out my phone and activate the flashlight. No reception on my phone. That's odd. I make my way into the kitchen and search the drawers for that tactical flashlight my friend gave me. He's a police officer, so he might know what's going on around here. I try dialing Jacob's number, the police officer, but once again I have no reception. Something catches my eye from the window in the living area that's supposed to be lit up by the neon sign. It was the color of red, following the sound of an explosion. The entire apartment complex shook so hard I could hear the cracks forming in the walls. I fell to the floor and listened to the jets soaring across the sky. The first thing that came to mind was that the jets were bombing the streets. I'm not sure if this was a, a terrorist attack or what. After 10 minutes of laying under the small kitchen table, I finally take a peek out of the window. All I see is smoke filling the streets. I close the curtains and run to my room. I lock the door and locate the 9mm handgun that Grandpa gave me before I came to live in New York. It will definitely come in handy, I suppose. I make sure a round is in the chamber, ready to fire. All I remember is the mysterious moans and feet dragging on the street outside. It, I will never forget the sounds of the moans and feet dragging on the ground, getting closer to my apartment complex. Day 2. 
I wake up to the sound of someone dragging their feet, making a horrid moaning sound along with it. I take a peek out of the curtain and watch it walk. The skin of the person seems to be burnt to a crisp. I'm in complete shock seeing this person. I, I, I guess I don't know how to react to this side of horror. The first encounter. It looks at me slowly, locking eyes with me. I dip down to the floor, trying not to be seen by this monster. I can clearly see the hair burn off the head of this person. I, I, I can't even identify its gender. It's, it's that bad. I finally get the courage to look through the window again, but when I go to look, the monster has already walked away. The cabinet in the kitchen makes an obnoxious squeaking noise, causing me to cringe. I look around to see if I have any canned food locked away behind some boxes or something. I find nothing. All of a sudden, I now just realize that my roommate isn't coming back. He's all the way in California. There's no way in hell he's on a plane making his way to New York. I'm instantly filled with sadness as I think of him. He always keeps his room locked, but I really need to get into it. He keeps a few guns in his room and police-style duffel bags. I think of a way to break in. I think back when I used to live with my grandpa at the farm. He always kept his cigars in his closet, but he kept the thing locked all the time. That door didn't stay locked anymore after I figured out the old credit card trick. <laughs> I pulled out my wallet and took out an expired supermarket gift card. I put it in between the door and it popped open. I felt a smile form on my face. The smell of my friend's room has a strong odor of pot. To be honest, he was a major stoner and he would often smoke in the apartment every single day. I look around his room searching for anything that I'll need if something were to happen. My foot hits a bag with large objects in it underneath his bed. I hit the jackpot. I get down on my knees and take out two huge duffel bags. The first thing I see is the three shotguns poking out the end of them. Two in the first bag, one in the other. I unzip the duffel bags, finding boxes of ammunition, pistols, knives, and the shotguns I just wrote about. There's enough here to take on a hundred of those monsters. Grandpa taught me the whole survival instinct thing. It was like he was preparing me for the real world and... If this is what Paul was talking about, Jesus Christ, Grandpa, what did you forget to tell me about? Night falls, and I've done nothing but look outside the window, ready for what comes next. The smoke has died down from the explosion, but something has been on my mind for the past few hours. As I was snooping through my friend's room, I came across an old radio or walkie-talkie. I had it placed in front of me for the longest time. I finally decided to pick it up and turn the knob, causing static to roll through the speaker. I constantly ask if anyone is around or in the area. Nothing but static responds to my voice. What a waste of... Someone knocked on my door today. I drew my gun and dropped my diary on the floor that I write in every day. The lady was begging me to open and asking if anyone was inside. I looked through the peephole and she had blood all over her shirt and face. I felt bad for the beautiful young lady, so I let her in. I led her to the couch and asked her if anyone was following her. 
She responded with no, but I deadbolted the door just in case. I'm not taking any chances of those monsters coming in. I grab a nice cold refreshing bottle of water from the ice cooler we have in the kitchen and bring it to the girl. I asked her what her name was and she replied with Lizzie. She was the same age as me, 25. I gave her my name, Jeremy, but people call me Jay. We sat on that couch for hours talking about what's happening out there in the world. She explained that these monsters weren't exactly monsters, but they were people too, until a few days ago. She explained what this whole thing was. Uh, if you were bitten, you would be infected with the monster virus, and she also said they only go down with a headshot. I was listening to her, and this was all making sense. It was like something you read in a horror comic or something. Everything coming all at once was very hard to believe, but she was telling the truth. Lizzie has been sleeping in my lap for an hour now. I'm about to finish writing for tonight. Day two. Still have not been rescued. I don't think we'll ever be rescued. Not after what I saw go down on the streets. Lizzie is a beautiful brunette from Queens, New York. She was coming through Buffalo where I live and all this happened in the snap of a finger. She saw the same explosion as well. It really made my mouth drop when she mentioned that 50% of the buildings in New York were blown to pieces, leaving nothing left in New York but dust. <laughs>